when I was 23 years old. <laughs> That's how I started it. <laughs> as an adult. As an adult, I had a room that had a door to the backyard <laughs> and had a bathroom right next to it, literally right next to it. So I could have gone equidistance from my bed to the backyard or to the inside bathroom with a toilet. I never once peed in that toilet. <laughs> is up everybody welcome to the two woke nerds podcast thank you so much for tuning in again this week if you like what we do please leave us a rating or a review on apple Podcasts. it helps get the show out there share this with your friends wherever you found it whether it was apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, stitcher TuneIn, spotify all of the fine places where you can find fine podcast content you can find raymond and myself you can also connect with us on social media two woke nerds on twitter you can shoot us an email two woke nerds at gmail.com well, my name is gerald goodridge i'm your host this week like i am every time we grace your airwaves and i'm joined by a man who's gonna sub in for goldberg along with emilio estevez raymond summerlin ray how are you the goalie no sorry i had to get that out too so we do need to have a conversation about how D2 is the pinnacle of the Mighty Ducks franchise, oh, right? there's not even, like, really a question about it. So, the first one is fine. Like, the first one's fine. I would even call it good. Yeah, like, I like you're setting the stage. You gotta find a cake eater, obviously. And so, it's it's obviously good. And then, and then, D2, I mean, premise of the movie aside... The idea that they would take a specific hockey team to make the junior hockey team, uh, that whole premise aside, like it is, it is you know quality. You have the you have the villain, Iceland is covered with ice. Greenland is very nice. You have that saying that has spawned a million incorrect opinions about Greenland and Iceland, and so you have you have all this stuff. It's perfect. And then D three just like kind of goes off the rails. Like there's there's some parts of D three I like, but like I, am I to believe? Two things. I want to believe two things that are true of the North. And Northerners correct me. One is that is the, I'm glad that I'm having an impromptu breakdown of D3. I didn't know we were doing this. Um, we'll sub in. We'll sub. I'll keep going. One, am I to believe that these preppy places in the North have like massive hockey scholarship budgets? And two, am I supposed to believe that varsity versus JV games are like the big thing? Don't they have other people to play? When you were on JV football, did you ever play the varsity team? And was it ever a big deal? Like the whole premise of that movie is confusing to me. I, I again, not from the, not from the, the North. Couldn't really tell you. I got nothing. I mean, it's. That third movie was completely unnecessary, but I loved it. I think my biggest question is, like, what happened to the other half of the Mighty Ducks team from the original movie that then, like, why did one of the brothers get to play on Team USA and not the other? Right? Like, that's that's the question I have. Do you think that friendships were broken? I don't know. I have no clue. Or maybe there... one of them just didn't love being, like, a child star. And so, that, like, that's probably the real-life thing that happened. But, like, I want to know in-universe what happened. Also, Emilio Estevez at, what was he in those movies, 35? Like, how old was he when he was making those movies? Hold, please. Uh, like, he, he, he looked old, 
But of course, he looked like he was 37 in the Breakfast Club. So I don't actually know how old he's looked like his dad in the West Wing for all of eternity. So I don't know. I don't know how exactly how old Emilio Estevez is. But like the idea that he was climbing back up through the the minor league ice hockey ranks at whatever age he was, yeah. So Tough so Raymond, how what was your guess on how old he was when that film came out? I don't know, like thirty five. He was thirty on the nose. All right, well that's more believable, but still not believable. No, as as a man over the age of thirty. I barely recover from rolling my ankle, much less blowing a knee. Like, it takes me way too long to recover from, like, getting out of bed wrong. I cannot imagine recovering from a knee, a massive knee injury. And also, isn't he, like, five foot three? Like He is not very tall. So, there's lots of leaps, lots of leaps of faith here. Lots and lots of leaps of faith. How? Here's another one in our <laughs> patriarchal world. We're just going to keep going on this one. How is Goldberg ever, ever playing ahead of Julie the Cat Daphne? How is that, how is he ever ahead of her? It's absurd that he would, it's absurd that that would even be within the realm of possibilities. They would look once at the goalkeepers and go, oh yeah, we know who we need to play, the cat. First of all, her nickname's the cat. Done. Wrapped. I've never heard more intelligent nuanced analysis of a hockey roster than I than I have in this moment right granted I don't know if I've ever heard analysis of a hockey roster but I have, to say, all... I have to say her last name is Gaffney I said it was Daphne it's Gaffney I couldn't tell I wouldn't have known if you hadn't corrected yourself Julie the cat can I get a the cat jersey I'm sorry you've got you've got my ADD going down a weird road you can get it from the same place that you can get West Canaan uh, varsity football jerseys. Uh, so we say all this to say the news that Disney Plus is going to uh, do a new Mighty Ducks show. And the the one Emilio will be reprising his role as uh, Gordon Bombay. Now, if this is going to be like when uh, Bob Saget came back for 14 seconds of Fuller House, or if it's going to be a much larger role, it's still to be untold, but at least we know that it will be a continuation and not a reboot of arguably one of the best children's sports movies of all time. Hey, playing football for West Canaan High School, was 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 that the highlight of your life? It may have been the greatest. <laughs> I couldn't even get through it. <laughs> I couldn't even get through it. But, but I, don't I don't want, want your life. <laughs> All right, that's enough of randomness. So we've got a little bit of news for you uh, this week. So uh, the Batman, after some delays because um, the vampire himself could not apparently put on enough muscle to be a convincing Batman, has officially, officially started shooting. Got some... There's The cast of this movie is so weird, Ray. Like, I don't know... I don't know what they're doing with this. I don't know what story they're telling, but the actors involved in this, you've got uh, you got Colin Farrell, you've got Paul Dano, you've got all sorts of incredibly big, incre- like, what, what do you hope to get from DC as they're seeming to find their way a little bit in this cinematic universe when we think about yet another Batman movie? So Colin Farrell's playing the Penguin, right? He is. What? First of all, I wasn't aware he was able to play roles that weren't cops. I thought that we had arrived at the Colin Farrell plays cops portion of his career, and which uh, which is a portion of his career I'm happy to stay in forever. 
I thought that that's where we were, and I'm, I'm a little upset by this. Although, uh, early don't sleep. You should watch The Lobster. It's actually really good. No joke, he's like, Colin Flair is actually a really good actor, and I'm glad that I'm glad that we get to see that now. But anyway, Colin Farrell's playing the Penguin. Oh, oh, what? Like, how? Paul Dano? Like, who is he playing? The Riddler. What? <laughs> if the riddle is who, how, who drinks your milkshake, I guess he can answer it. But, like, I don't understand... Like, I don't understand any of this casting. But I guess that's interesting, right? I guess maybe they're going for more of a more of a an artsy kind of Batman. I mean, obviously you have to with Pattinson. I mean, and the actors you're getting are great. Like, Pattinson's a great actor. The Lighthouse, one of the best movies of last year. Colin Farrell's a great actor. Paul Dano's a great actor. And so if that's what we're doing, then that could be interesting. Obviously, that's the success they had with Joker. And obviously, we, have, we can have a conversation about the relative uh, merits of Joker. But that's the success they had with Joker. And so we'll see where it goes. And I'm certainly interested to see where it is. But I am... I think confused would be the word to say about where we're going with this. And I, I I can't imagine that this is not a conversation we've had. Even before this, I imagine we, when we were talking about, like, casting, I have to imagine both of us went, what? Yeah, and this is not my joke, but, like, this feels like A24 is making a Batman movie. Because you've got Robert Pattinson, Zoe Kravitz, Paul Dano, Andy Serkis, Jeffrey Wright, John Turturro playing Carmine Falcone. Like, I forgot that Jeffrey Wright is playing. Uh, he's playing uh, Commissioner uh, Gordon, Gordon, right? Yeah. Like, there's the. I don't know if the movie will be well written, but all of these people know how to act, and so if you give any of these people a serviceable script, I can't imagine this movie being bad. Like, I can't. If you give this group of actors a script that is worth anything. They're going to do good because Jeffrey Wright has been able to polish some real turds with some Westworld scripts he's been given. Just going to throw that out there. So you ain't lying. Yeah. And there's there's just those people are real, real good actors. I think Matt Reeves has done some good stuff. Matt Reeves has also done some weird stuff. But I think um, as a as a director, he I like the Planet of the Apes movies, at least the early ones. He's done some good stuff. So, like, I just don't know. I'm just, it's all up in the air for me, Raymond, and I really don't know how to feel. Yeah, I think that's fair. Like, I don't think we can know what's happening, which is a common refrain we have this time of year when nothing is happening. Although, I guess we have new Birds of Prey sometime in the near future. But, like, we just don't, it, it's kind of, we're just in, all right, I guess we'll see what this comes out to be. Same, same thing goes for our next uh, piece of news. So uh, a couple years back, J.J. Abrams signed a five-picture deal with Warner Brothers, and then uh, Disney dangled some Star Wars in front of him, and he went and did that. And then apparently, if you can believe the internet rumors, um, Disney did not let him do the Star Wars he wanted to do. So J.J. looked back up and sent that, hey, what you up to lately text to Warner brothers. And now he and bad robot are signed on to pick up the abandoned former Guillermo del Toro, uh, love child justice league dark. And so if you don't know about justice league, dark justice league, dark, uh, was kind of launched as part of the new 52 a few years ago. Um, but it's had a, uh, it's, it's kind of the Warner, not the Warner brothers, but the DC kind of horror, uh, type of 
stories that they want to tell, but still set in their main uh, DC universe. So you t- see characters like Constantine, Swamp Thing, uh, Dr. Miss, those kind of darker characters. And so uh, what we've seen DC doing, unlike J.J. Abrams' experience with Marvel, or not Marvel's, but Disney recently, uh, is they've been giving good directors and good people room to breathe. And so I'm interested and intrigued to see what comes of this. Yeah, you said good director, though. Um, and uh, do you think he's trolling us by naming his company Bad Robot? Do you think that? Do you think that that's like a, like just a high level troll, saying you should be, you should know what to expect? It has to be like it. Ha- there has to be some level of consciousness to it. It's because it's just not great. Um, yeah. So I started reading up on this, and I, you know, it's certainly interesting delving into the magic, the anti Benioff and Weiss approach to pop culture uh is respecting the actual respecting the genres and letting people who enjoy the genres enjoy them and trusting the public at large to 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 be able to handle it so yeah i mean we don't know anything about it it seems like they want more of like the original cast than what they have now and and from what i've read and i've never read any of these books but from what i've read this is a fairly new kind of creation like since like 2011 is that correct that yeah. this that this is coming in and so i'm not familiar with any of the characters really except constantine who who you know is a fun character uh already has had his own movie although what keanu reeves did in that movie it, it, let's say it was it was a flavor of constantine who would went by the name constantine yeah it it uh it, it it hewed far from the source material is is what we'll say. I did I liked it like it's fine. It's a so as as a movie I absolutely had a fantastic time with Constantine. I really really enjoyed it. It's one of those TBS movies or yeah, TNT exactly. movies. I, I was about to say the next thing that is a TNT Saturday movie if I have ever seen it. And well, let's just pause here. Um, Stellan Skarsgård, I believe, is the is the guy who plays the the, the devil in that movie. I can't. Re- it's a uh, no. It's not. It's Peter Stormare. I'm trying to remember who plays the devil in that. I don't know. It, incre- it's it's an incredible performance. I've got to look it up now. But um, I think what what I'm curious about is that Constantine had a brief run in a TV show, um, and then we had the kind of failed Swamp Thing. TV show on the failed DC streaming service. Uh, so I don't know what characters they're going to use. And I don't necessarily know. Cause for me, like the draw as somebody who doesn't know a ton about um, justice league or justice league dark, you know, in the, in the context of the comics, I don't know a ton about it. So like the only names I recognize are those two really. And so um, what, what is it going to be? What characters are you going to pull from? That's, that's the question that I really have. I forgot. Yeah, you were right about who played Satan, uh, Peter Stormrare. I uh, I completely forgot that Tilda Swinton was Gabriel. Yeah. For some reason, I tried to make that Paul Bettany in my head. I could see why you did that. But it wasn't. It was Tilda Swinton. Gavin Rossdale, remember when he used to be an actor? Are we still doing that? Is he in the latest Guy Ritchie movie along with everybody else? I don't know. I haven't I... seen The Gentleman yet. I, I I will see it eventually. At some point, yeah. It'll, it'll, it'll exist. Shia LaBeouf. Shia, Shia LaBeouf was his uh, his understudy. That's right. It was, I'm going to have to like find a streaming service to watch Constantine now. This is all your fault. 
I will be on Just Watched after we stop recording, trying to find where Constantine is. Can we talk about how Shia LaBeouf has a southern accent all of a sudden in everything yeah, what, he does? What happened there? I don't know. He Madonna'd, and now he has a southern accent, and I'm not quite guy Ritchie. hey we're bringing it kevin bacon it all together the uh wrap it up in kevin bacon right but so the so the yeah like he like he suddenly has a southern accent and everything it started in fury i think and then he just kept it he was like we're doing this the whole way like he heard brad pitt and glorious bastards and then like he worked with him in fury and they both went southern he's like i'm just southern accent here we come peanut butter falcon Southern accent, honey boy, southern like he's just going with it. Is that is that where he's from? Is he from the south? I don't know. I have I guess we have to see watch honey honey boy and see why Shia has this accent. Maybe it'll maybe it'll unpack it for us there. I mean, because as I'm watching every season of Even Stevens religiously on Disney Plus, I do not hear great show by the way holds up. Even Stevens holds up. It's a good show. <laughs> Uh, the uh, as I'm watching as I'm watching that show, I do not hear the southern accent. I've I've got nothing. I've got nothing for it. Uh, speaking of accents, we've got a little bit of Star Wars news. We talked about Star Wars in not so glowing light a few minutes ago when we talked about uh, what Rise of Skywalker could and should have been. But we've got some news Free about Colin Trevorrow. The Colin Trevorrow cut. Anyway, continue. <laughs> We want the tre- the Trevor cut doesn't exist, but I guarantee you, the, we want the Abrams cut will be a hashtag from, from now until forever because nerds can't let anything go. That's because we're fans, we're fanatics. That's what fan fan is short for. So we got news that there were rumors, rumblings that the Obi Wan TV show the scripts were a mess. Was the was the internet scuttlebutt? Is that the scripts were a mess? And then we got news that Disney Plus or Disney had put the show on hold, air quotes indefinitely. And so that's the news. And then the day after, one Obi Wan Kenobi himself, Ewan McGregor, spoke to the Associated Press while doing uh, press for Birds of Prey, and he said. It's not actually been put on hold. It's just been pushed back a little bit. The scripts are excellent. They just want them to be better. So he pushed it back, but it's not. It's very dramatic, it would seem, online. There's all kinds of expletive about it, but it's just slid back a little bit. They're excellent. We just want it to be a little bit better. All right, champ. <laughs> like, I, I, I agree with him. It's probably not a big deal. I mean, it, it's, it seems like a big deal that this happens on every Disney production these days. I mean, every Star Wars production that this happens on every single one of them, except maybe the Mandalorian, uh, because I guess Favreau just took over. But like the idea that like this happens all the time, that's a bit concerning. But, you know, this kind of stuff does happen. But his him selling it as, hey, scripts are already excellent, but we just we needed them to be a little bit better. And so that's why we're taking taking a little time. Yeah. All right. So the scripts are a mess. And you're doing what you're supposed to do to fix it. I'm fine with it being pushed back. Like, everybody on the internet is losing their minds. Like, everybody is losing their minds. First of all, if you're losing your mind about Obi-Wan, the TV show being pushed back, and you are also one of those people that unnecessarily boycotted Solo because you were pissy that the last last Jedi was not exactly what you wanted it to be, this is your fault. So, side note, this is your fault. But... It's like when we what I always say with video games, like a delayed game is delayed for a short amount of time. A bad game is bad forever. A delayed TV show is delayed once, maybe twice. 
but a bad TV show is bad forever. Hashtag Game of Thrones was ruined. Like that's the that's the problem, and that's that's why this is to me. It's like it's a it's a non-story because you know what? Do all the rewrites you need. Do all the rewrites you need. Just give us good stuff. Give us a good Obi-Wan TV show, and I'm fine about it. Now, the point you made about this happening a lot with Star Wars is concerning, and I, I am... I guess I just don't know what the... Like, it seems like they want to do what Marvel has done, where it's like they want they want to let have different creative voices in it, but I don't necessarily know if there's anybody piloting it like Kevin Feige. I think Kathleen Kennedy... Uh, I, and I'm not an anti or a never Kathleen Kennedy person, but but based on what we've seen, this is a repeated trend, and so they, there's got to be something going on deeper, and I'm just curious to see if somebody like Dave Filoni could step in and be the Kevin Feige, because Dave Filoni is very much a Star Wars lover, and I think would do a great job. Yeah, I think I mentioned this on the Rise of Skywalker podcast we did, is that I don't, I'm not even seeing this as a necessarily a negative for Kathleen Kennedy. It might be. This might all be her fault. It very well could be, but we don't know, because we don't know what the power structure is, and we don't know what she actually does we don't know like what her what her role actually is in the company and so i can't say that it is her fault what i can say is there seems to be a disconnect maybe it's not as prevalent as it once was maybe this is just an unfortunate thing that's happening uh and it was there's kind of fixed what was going on behind but for sure in the lead up to solo in the lead up to last jedi and the lead up to all of that so what is that now two years ago three years ago now for sure back then there was considerable problems in the disconnect between management and the creatives and this looks like another example of that maybe it's not maybe it's one of those things where uh, you have to. It takes a lot longer to shed a leg to shed a um, label than it does to gain one. Maybe it's one of those kind of ideas, but it it certainly seems concerning that this is where we are. But I mean, like they've already come out with one good series. Like the Mandalorian wasn't great. It's not like peak TV or anything. But like I think we both enjoyed it, right? So they've already yeah. come out with one good series. So I mean, let's give them a little bit of break. Push it back a little bit. Don't be Game of Thrones. Don't be Bethesda's 2019. And uh, we'll be fine. Yeah, that's that's where I'm at. Just delay it as long as you need to give us a good, satisfying series. Because this is the one thing that I think all Star Wars fans can agree on. Is that we want to see more of Ewan McGregor as Obi-Wan. But now is that brings us to your favorite segment, my favorite segment, your grandmother's favorite segment. Don't sleep on it. So, Ray, where can the good folks not sleep on this week? Yeah, I got some... I got to sleep. You could sleep on Avenue 5 or whatever that show is on HBO with Josh Gad and Hugh Laurie uh, from from the guy who started Veach, uh, Armando Iannucci, which hurts me because I love Iannucci. Death of Stalin was one of my favorite movies from a couple years ago. Like, I like I love that guy. That show is bad. Like, I, I watched the first episode and I went, oh, no. And I tried to watch the second episode last night. It fell asleep. That show, literally, I slept on it. That show is not good, and I'm not sure how it made it to air in 2020 on HBO. But, you know, you know, here we are. There's another HBO show going on right now called The Outsider that started like a, it started like a uh, ball of fire. It's kind of cooled off a little bit. We'll see where they go with it. We'll see if it's just a, a, mid, a mid-show lull, if, we're, if it'll finish good. But, I mean, it is at least interesting because it's a Stephen King adaptation. 
and and I've enjoyed it. My real don't sleep is we're going to talk about one of the weird things that I like, Gerald. Okay. I see the I see the fear and nervousness in your eyes whenever I say that because you've received some of my text messages. So I don't watch wrestling. I I don't. And that's not a judgment thing. I used to watch wrestling back when you know I was in middle school and high school. I have a finite amount of pop culture time, and I choose I don't want to devote any of it to wrestling. Nothing against anybody who likes wrestling. I don't want to do it. I don't find it interesting. What I do find extremely interesting is behind the scenes at the WWE. I find it incredibly fascinating. The way in fact I, so there was a tell-all book, that guy that made the tell-all book about ESPN and SNL. I want him to do one about the WWE. I would buy it in a heartbeat, and I would read every page about, about uh, the game being the worst person ever. I would read every page about Shawn Michaels being a diva. I would read every page about, about Degeneration X and Vince McMahon tearing his quads because he was so mad as he ran into the ring. I would read every page about all of it. I love it. And so what I would recommend you do is two things. One, there's a, there's a YouTube channel called Wrestling with Regret, W-R-E-G-E-T, who does reviews of classic pay-per-views, which are interesting because you kind of go through what the stories are. Uh, which is fun. It's kind of a fun walk down memory lane. But he also like really takes time to in the reviews to say, all right, this is how we got where we are. This is why we're here. And I find that fascinating. And the second thing you need to do is you need to shoot wrestlers shoot interviews uh, and listen to like people like Kevin Nash and Scott Hall and Randy Savage, rest in peace, and all of these people talk about what was going on in the, in the year 2000 in wrestling. It's un believable like those dudes did so many drugs and there was so much money and it was if they and they all hate like there's so much hate and there are these little clicks it's it's fascinating it that world is amazing and i absolutely love it i am absolutely going to have to check that out like that sounds like so like i have this I kind of have the same relationship with rest with with professional wrestling that you do. Where like if I had more margin, it would probably be something that I would indulge in. But just because of the the season of life that I'm in right now, I just don't have the margin to do so. And so like that's that is completely and like I still like will sometimes watch like people tweeting about it just to, like see what's going on every now and again. And so that's that's fun for me. So this is not something that anybody has slept on, but we don't really have a spot to talk about it. Uh, you and I both saw Bad Boys for Life. Yeah, boy. And spoiler alert for Bad Boys for Life. Um, it's bad. There's a lot to be desired about that film. <laughs> it's Lots left bad. to be desired about that film. But the fact that they give me Reggie Resolution in the opening scene of that film makes me love it. Like, I I knew it wasn't going to be a cinematic marvel. But there's one thing I needed to know is what happened to Reggie. And the fact that they give me that resolution immediately as the film starts, I absolutely... Uh, uh, just so... Like, my wife did, like, victory arms in the air. I laughed uncontrollably. It was just so... Like, th- that movie is has a lot that I think it could have done better. It's got... I don't know how it got more Michael Bay with Michael Bay not directing, but it got more Michael Bay somehow. 
but, but like not in a good way because we didn't no. get the really cool Michael Bay shots. But like there was so much in that movie that I just made me happy. First of all, Reggie did not get a pop at all in my theater, and I was distraught. I was I was ready to stand up and chastise. I was upset because I was so excited to see Reggie. That scene is ep- like that is legendary scene. How do you not excited about Reggie? So anyway, Reggie shows up and that's amazing. Um, I, I'd have been happy. I'd have been happy if the entire movie was about the wedding. Like if it was just if it was just Martin Lawrence getting really worried about the wedding, then I would have like I'd have been there for it. I'd have loved it. I would have loved more scenes of of Martin talking to Reggie about making his wife an honest woman. Like I would like. I need more of that in my life. And you and I texted about this. Martin Lord's rip it, riffing on the plane about uh, to, with Will Smith. Like I looked at my wife immediately following the film and said, you know what I need in my life? More Martin Lawrence stand up because yeah. that's what that was, was Martin Lawrence's stand up. And so there are, there is a good movie there, but I don't know if there's enough of a good movie for me to recommend it, but that's what I saw recently. So I wanted to talk about it. That movie's hot garbage, but if you love the Bad Boys franchise, as I assume lots of people who listen to this show do, you should watch it. It's hot garbage, but like, there's seven moments in that movie where you go, yeah. So they do the they do the pull around scene where they both stand up slowly and they got those looks on their face, like, oh no, things are about to go down. They do that. They have the absurd just deaths, which are just fantastic. Like everything about. That they have like the new the new characters that got to roll into town. Although John Sally's not in this. What's John Sally doing? I don't know. How is he what not? What is this John movie? Sally doing? He's I've not, got no clue. He's not still on Fox Sports, is he? I don't think so. We, I hope John Sally didn't have a controversy that we missed because this can get real weird. Oh yeah. real fast. I, I'm now googling John Sally. I'm now very concerned about where John Sally's. Well, I close the show. You figure out what happened to John Sally. That's all we've got for you this week pending John Sally news. <laughs> Raymond, when you're not researching where John Sally is, where can the good folks find you on the internet? I'm on Twitter at RM Summerlin, likely tweeting about John Sally. You can follow me on Twitter. I am at GH. Go to follow the show on Twitter at Two Woke Nerds. Shoot us an email, Two Woke Nerds at gmail.com. Thank you so much for tuning in again this week and until next time stay woke